the KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Who will be the next governor of Guam? This is a question that we all know won't be answered until later this year. The speculation on primary challenges and possible gubernatorial teams is keeping political pundits in the Western Pacific thinking and talking about the race for Adeloupe. We talk Guam politics and the like on this edition of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DeMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean DeMatato, the host of the podcast. That's It, That's All is brought to you by our friends at Get LLC. They are a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm that serves public and private sector organizations in the Western Pacific. Do you need help with writing a small business plan? Need public relations advice? Well, you can find out the answers to these questions and so much more from our friends at Get LLC. You can find them on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Check out their website for more information. Hello to those listeners in Spokane, Washington. Also, greetings to those of you checking out the podcast in Boca Raton, Florida. The listenership continues to grow with each and every episode to include those now listening in Pleasant Hill, California. I know that place. Can't forget the listeners across my island home, especially those in the capital city, Hafagatnya. Hafaday to you all. I have to say thanks in advance for having That's It, That's All along with you as you go from one end of Paradise Guam to the other. Remember to download the podcast for your next road trip on Walkabout or just listening to podcasts to pass the time. A big thank you to our friends at redcircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. That's it, that's all. Also can be found on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. The podcast is a part of the KOAM Podcast Network. We are proud to be a part of an awesome collection of on-demand audio shows originating in Guam and Micronesia from your number one broadcast news and digital source of information in Guam and Micronesia. The numbers don't lie. Please like, subscribe, or follow us right now on your favorite podcast app. With the new year comes the increasing chatter about the race for the governor of Guam. With less than 11 months until the first ballots are cast, there isn't a resident I have spoken with in my travels from Dedido to Jotnia that didn't spend a minute talking about who should be given the next four years to lead the executive branch of the government of Guam. There are plenty who are wanting to share what the current administration is doing and what they believe the office of the governor should be doing for the 160,000 residents of this American community. It seems at times this conversation is not a new one. Plenty of opinions are out there on shortcomings, cabinet and staffing picks, and policy wins and losses. I often think as these conversations are happening, 
if these conversations were in fact rehearsed. What I am hearing for sure from voters is a passion for our island. I hear voices that appear on the surface of not being heard. I have received more messages than not that there are better days ahead. When the talk of what has been an up and down four years for this island society, folks can be very quick to place blame on the one place where they think life's issues can be solved, at least made a bit easier for each of us. Today, the current governor of Guam, Lou Leon Guerrero, is at the center of that talk. She has a big task ahead of her. As Governor Leon Guerrero is entering the fourth and final year of her first term, newsrooms are dusting off her campaign platform and checking to see if under her leadership, all the promises made before and since entering office are being done for the people of Guam. There are some in her party, the Democratic Party of Guam, that don't seem so impressed by the work over the last four years, though a majority are all in. Collectively, they are all trying so hard to be sure the titular head of the party hangs on to this important seat. In contrast, the Republican Party of Guam is trying to identify the man or woman who, with their GOP ideology and value system, can in fact knock out the incumbent governor out of office. They are looking for a leader, someone who is ready to accept that important mantle and push an island community ahead in what politicos, researchers, and analysts have described as the toughest days this island has faced in more than a generation, all thanks to COVID-19. Before I get too carried away, Governor Leon Guerrero is expected to see a challenger in the primary election set for August 27, 2022, at least the perception of a challenge. Just a mere word, uttered even in a reticent tone, has put Adeloup in message overdrive in recent months. I know what that is like. But unlike their predecessors, the biggest challenge for Governor Lou's gubernatorial and campaign staff and those of all the challengers will will be overcoming low voter turnouts that have since baffled local pundits like me and others for at least the last two election cycles. Why is this so important, you ask? Well, for one, the Guam gubernatorial general elections have enjoyed generally high voter turnouts. In 1978, 44 years removed at the premiere of this particular podcast, the voter turnout was 84.8%. The Guam Election Commission is the source of this particular figure. The vote for Governor of Guam then yielded an 80% voter turnout. This would be the case for the next six election cycles. The 2002 election, which saw a Camacho Moylan administration, 32 years separating the win by their respective fathers in the very first election for governor and lieutenant governor of Guam. That voter turnout, 73.8%, an all-time high of 61,052 registered voters for a Guam election. Those two figures, and those similar to follow, is where lies to this podcaster a problem. The fanfare, the hoopla, the campaign spend, many observers thought we would see the return to the old days of an 80% voter turnout when Governor Eddie Calvo was elected in 2010. After the election was certified, 
The result was a 77.2% voter turnout, not quite 80%. Registered voter numbers then would see a drop. Four years ago, Governor Leon Guerrero came into office with a 66.8% of voters hitting the polls, similar trend of those who registered to cast a ballot. Voter turnout. The MIT election data and science lab, as recent as April of 2021, describes it best as a measure of civic participation that many people believe best gauges the health of the electoral process. Quote, however, measuring turnout can be more difficult than it first appears, which means that understanding how and why it fluctuates can also be difficult. Close quote. I believe this will be a 2022 election year issue, an issue that Guam's political parties and our island community better pay attention to. Guam has always been that one place where the citizens have exercised the important right to vote and in significantly high numbers since becoming a member of the American family. It is this action of electing the chief executive that must be each island resident's important responsibility, not when they feel like it, but every four years. Just like the push to get a vaccine for COVID-19 as part of the ongoing public health emergency, the health of our young island democracy needs the same attention to this important civic act. The benefits as well are significant. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. On January 5th, 2022, the St. Thomas Source reported that increasing voter confidence is a priority for policymakers in the U.S. Virgin Islands. USVI Senator Donna Fred Gregory told the online newspaper that senators have recognized that there is some need for election reform in the Virgin Islands. She said, quote, we have to open our minds to how we can get voters to come out, whether it be via electronic process or being able to email ballots. Close quote. Officials in the USVI are in agreement that there have been strides in the election system in recent years. The territory in the Caribbean is in need of some reform to election laws that were first enacted back there in 1963. To our north, current CNMI Lieutenant Governor Arnold Palacios and Saipan Mayor David Apatang opened up their campaign headquarters in Garapan on January 7, 2022. The HQ opening was the opening salvo in their independent candidate run for governor of the CNMI. This effort comes as the current governor of the CNMI, Ralph Torres, is trying to beat back the CNMI House of Representatives effort to oust him from office, sending a letter to the CNMI Judiciary and the Superior Court there to appoint a judge from outside the NMI to preside over his impeachment hearing process. The Marianas Variety reporting on January 10th. 2022, that the governor 
noted his great faith in the ability and integrity of CNMI judges. But Governor Torres said, quote, sometimes the better part of judgment is knowing when to step away. This case, more than almost any other, cries out for appointment of a judge from outside the CNMI who has no ties or allegiances, real or perceived, to CNMI politicians. In the highly charged political atmosphere surrounding this case, it is essential that there be no public perception whatsoever that the judge may be partial politically to one side or the other. Close quote. Closer to home, speculation is rampant on who will oppose the sitting Governor Guam. I mentioned earlier that she will be challenged from inside her party and on the other side of the political aisle from the Republican Party of Guam. The latter we can start with. For months, there has been talk that Guam Senator James Moylan would take up the challenge. He has been the instigator-in-chief of Governor Leon Guerrero's policies since he was first sworn into office in 2019. The two-term lawmaker has had all the trappings of the guy to run against the incumbent governor, at least the guy with the most rhetoric. The least season of his colleagues to this level of politics, the question in all circles has been, who would Senator Jim make the run with? Plenty of photos with Democrats across social media have only stirred the pot of an independent run against Governor Leon Guerrero. But history has not been favorable to such actions. Today, folks are looking for stability and consistency in policy position and message. An independent run by Senator Moylan assuredly would not bring that. Some people I have talked with, politicos and not so political, say that this is okay, and maybe it is time both parties took a shot in the mouth and bring on a new way of doing politics in Guam. Is 2022 that year? For Senator Moylan, that remains to be seen. Rumor has it that he may forego the run for Adeloup for a run for congressional delegate. More on that in a second. The other GOP candidate that jumps out is Frank Bloss Jr. He too has the political pedigree. He too has been highly critical of the current administration, especially the handling of the ongoing coronavirus emergency response. Senator Bloss has blasted the Leon Guerrero administration for their handling of federal resources and the lack of reassuring messaging. He has put the shortcomings of the response on Adeloupe's shoulders. Frank Jr. could be a great match against the incumbent governor, but who would his running mate be? The list is small. The list may move the election needle a small bit against Governor Leon Guerrero. Those names seem to be close hold. The list may not even exist. Former Guam governors Eddie Calvo and my former boss, Governor Felix Camacho, have been propped up for a run to return to Adeloupe. Both summarily propped right back down for consideration as either one of them wants to make a return to public service at this point in their lives. On the other side, Guam delegate Mike Sinicholas has been playing coy to questions he is considering the run against his party's standard bearer. In fact, I think he thinks he is it. Too many cookies. Congressman Sinicholas and his smug responses to gubernatorial campaign questions being asked late last year has only added to the tensions 
between he and fellow Democrat Governor Leon Guerrero in recent years. Congressman Siniklis has an abysmal voting record in Congress, an ongoing ethics investigation dropped from congressional committee leadership. He chalks it up to new terms in Congress. Maybe his other alleged behavior has only fueled more and more speculation on the run for Adeloupe. But for Democratic insiders, many are still asking who would run with him. The social media darling would have to find a running mate. His party is not happy with him. Don't think a Dem would run with him without getting the wrath of the Leon Guerrero political machine, one that has stuck around this dance since the waning days of the Carl Gutierrez administration that walked away from Adeloupe in 2003. If Congressman Siniklis runs, the race for Congress opens up. Current Guam Senators Moylan and Talena Nelson, former Senators Regine Biscoe-Lee and Speaker Judy Wampat, driving more speculation. A businessman or two with Republican leanings could make the leap as well. Whoever the challengers are for governor of Guam, they all will have a tough test as the incumbent will yield some of the largest collection of political bombs not seen in decades to turn the tide of the gubernatorial general election. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. The electorate in Guam might hear this figure thrown out many times over the next 11 months. $8 billion. Governor Lou Leon Guerrero is taking credit for the $8 billion that has hit local coffers over the last two years related to the ongoing COVID-19 public health emergency. If our political handlers are listening to this podcast, and I know they are, this will be the campaign issue of the 2022 election cycle. Anyone opposing Governor Leon Guerrero will not, I repeat, will not be able to use any of that figure or that issue to sway an advantage in any race against her. Politically, this puts all challengers for the office of the governor of Guam in a bit of a quandary. What could any gubernatorial challenger offer to the Guam electorate that Governor Leon Guerrero has not already put out in response to the pandemic hitting Guam and the rest of the world? This issue will assuredly ink her signature in the history books with a second term, barring any crazy antics between now and November. Why do you ask? This type of support has never been seen before, and she shepherded it right to our collective doorsteps. In 2009, Guam Governor Felix Camacho used American Recovery and Reinvestment Act funds to cement his legacy in the final two years of his second term. Schools, Healthcare, safety, the ingredients that started the huge Guam buildup, and tourism run that were snuffed out because of COVID. This amount of $8 billion, if not all thrown to the electorate right away, will be the base of her legacy building effort after Decision 2022 is certified by the Guam Election Commission. It won't just be the strength of the amount that voters will see in their pocketbooks. 
any supporting spin by Lieutenant Governor Josh Tenorio will more than cement a second term for he and Governor Liu. His political acumen and command of the policy and related programs that has challenged the policy spin even of Governor Liu on some of her better days will only make the opposition more frustrated and looking for some glimmer of hope to beat back what the federal love gives to our island residents. Now, where does the playing field get level in this election cycle? Well, not in too many places. Support for the healthcare agencies in the heart of a pandemic may be one. If the public blame shifts from the governor to the Democratic majority of the Guam legislature, or both, there may be a bit of fallout. It is a fact that the Guam Memorial Hospital and the Guam Department of Public Health have been underfunded in the local appropriations process throughout the COVID response. It is fair to say that as the governor did not put all the federal love in the healthcare box and that box alone, above step recruitments and non-critical positions, the inability to keep critical COVID staff and policy port of pandemic-related problems were non-existent for the past two years. Plenty of late-night videos that attempt to show hard healthcare support. Residents are COVID fatigued and are hoping leaders can lead us out of this emergency situation. Wave after wave of infections as of late are not helping this. Public safety. Reductions across the general fund board for Guam's emergency and first responders could crunch public confidence in the collective record of the incumbent administration and legislative majority. Ask any resident in a village in Guam. Ask family who have either lived with you or in the next village over if they feel Guam has been safer over the past four years. We have all been home. We have limited our activities to stuff within the confines of our villages and workplaces and family bubbles. The daily news reports have some type of drug arrest or family violence matter leading newscasts and headlining newspapers in Guam each and every day. Police presence. What is that? When group activities have gotten too big, you've seen them. Big social gatherings relative to health mandates and no one is shutting anyone down. I'm not saying there should be residents ratting out their neighbors left and right, but we are seeing the sheer disregard for the health of our society when crazy gatherings and the like has been a drain on the police department and now government COVID testing sites. Public safety folks can't shut every event or gathering down, but no warnings. They are too overwhelmed or absolutely afraid to bring COVID home to their families trying to interact with residents who are fed up with lockdown restrictions. When weighing such a choice, tolerance by police seems to be winning out. How would the gubernatorial debate touch this issue? I'm very curious if we will hear about some new criminal justice reform or just an old-fashioned recommitment to community policing that is sorely needed in Guam and across America. The outlook for the next 11 months. If you are a campaign manager or party official on Guam, you all will need to see that these three issues make up the lion's share of where messaging and support will need to focus on and focus on them right now. The hill will be steep for challengers to Governor Lou Leon Guerrero. She has, as they say, the winds at her back, the pandemic funding wins, among other things. Guam gubernatorial candidates can try to break down smaller issues and make them larger ones between now and November. Land, weed, 
decolonization, government procurement, you name it. Collectively, this will be a bigger challenge than what they may think. She has the bully pulpit. Governor Liu is releasing almost weekly one funding program after another. The executive branch is in control of the largest infusion of federal assistance ever. She is using social media and select media organizations to do her policy bidding. Theoretically, she is trying to set the agenda without some folks in the local media. To this podcaster, there is an inherent risk to her legacy that such continued moves will only make folks more critical of her work, even in the modern digital age, well beyond her leaving office. Legacy gets a bit soiled for no good reason. I, for one, welcome her to go all out in this next cycle. Her former banker attitude needs to come out more. The nurse in her is on display regularly, but it is that boardroom leader that I have been witness to that will more than cement her impact on the office of the governor that leaders in the future will only wish that they could achieve. The modern leader, the modern-day governor of Guam. This person in the Guam of the future will be different than the others before. But can those challengers to the sitting governor of Guam contrast this enough over the next 11 months to take Adeloup away from the in-group? There's still plenty of time. There are issues aplenty. Chatter will morph into campaign slogans and at some point campaign gimmicks. Smiles, hugs, picture, picture. This election cycle will be record versus promises. We all should keep an eye on the race for Adeloup now and watch it all the way into the last quarter of the year on November 8, 2022. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand. Featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.